0: You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. I'm going to need your full name, date of birth, and social security number, please.
1: Sure, understood. Here it comes
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another special edition of the Hacking Humans podcast. This is an occasional series we call Hacking Humans Goes to the Movies. I'm Dave Bittner from The Cyberwire, and joining me is my Hacking Humans co host, Joe Kerrigan from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute. Hello, Joe. Hi, Dave. On this show, Joe and I look at clips from some of our favorite movies, clips which demonstrate some of the scams and schemes we talk about over on Hacking Humans. And joining us once again this week is Rick Howard. He is the Cyberwire's chief security. Officer and Chief Analyst. Hello, Rick. Hey guys, great to be here once again. Good to have you back. We've got some fun clips to share this week, so stay tuned. We will be right back after this message from our sponsor. All right, let's dig into some clips this week. Uh, Joe, why don't you start things off for us? Uh,
2: My clip comes from the movie, I can't believe we didn't do this first, uh, but it's actually (laughs) the opening scene of the movie Identity Thief, starring Melissa McCarthy and Jason Bateman. Uh, this movie is okay. Uh, it's not a, not a great movie, but this well, opening scene—right way, way to sell it, Joe. <laughs> but this opening scene is awesome. This opening scene is is a perfect example of an identity theft scam. So, Dave, why don't you go? I, we don't even need to talk during this because it's a phone call. All right. So it's let's let it go. All right.
1: Hello, this is Sandy Patterson. Yes, Mr. Patterson. I'm Janine from the Fraud Protection Department of Identivolt Credit Monitoring Service. We're calling today because unfortunately, it appears that someone has attempted to steal your identity. Are you kidding me? Gosh, I wish I were. We did catch this in time, however, but I do suggest you taking advantage of our free total protection plan, which safeguards your credit rating against theft and fraud. Yes. Please, if it's free, absolutely. Just terrific. I went for this plan myself, Mister Patterson. I'm going to need to verify some information from you. I'm going to need your full name, date of birth, and social
2: security number, please.
1: Sure, understood. Here it comes.
2: And that's the beginning of the movie. Now, this, <laughs> the the funny scene, the funny part of this scene is that Melissa McCarthy is sitting in a mall, obviously with a with a water fountain running behind her. She's. Uh, this is exactly how these scams work. Uh, somebody calls you up on the phone. They tell you something that is scary, like we just stopped a, an attempted identity theft right. on you. Good news, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> bad news, and then good news. And but the good news is we can we can help you. So give me the information, and and we'll make it we'll make it happen. Uh, all I need—it's it, free. Just give me your your name, address, birth date, and social security number, which is essentially all the information you need to steal someone's identity. Yeah. Uh, and then this movie goes on where uh, Melissa McCarthy's character continue, uh, steals uh, Jason Bateman's character's identity and makes his life miserable, and he decides to go after her because uh, the cops won't do anything about it. Mm.
1: Okay. What do you make of this, Rick? What I thought was an especially nice touch is when he agreed to take on the protection plan, and then Melissa McCarthy says, "Oh yes, I did that plan too. I love it. That's a right. that's a nice little <laughs> nice little spin on that." Right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What struck me is how. Um, she really had that uh, that tone of a customer service person oh, down. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like right. hello, we're calling because of this. Oh, that's that's terrific. Very good. I'll let me patch you through. You know, right. she just she had that tone and cadence down perfectly.
1: This is something that's come up in my family many times this last month or two, you know, and I've got my kids and my wife trained to never say yes to this. They all come running to my desk when those things happen. So I think um, achievement locked, uh, unlocked, all right? I've
0: got this. Very good. (laughs) You know, Joe and I were just talking about this on on Hacking Humans. Uh, Joe, I'll let you sort of explain it here, but you made the point to never take inbound calls.
2: Right, yeah. When somebody calls into you and they say... uh, they they tell you whatever it is, we were talking about a, a bank that, in in particular, specifically a bank. So if if your bank calls you and they they say we have a problem, the, the first thing you should say is, okay, what's your extension at the bank? I'll call you back at the main number and go through your switchboard operator to get back to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is always okay to do. It's always absolutely okay. Now this this scam is a little bit different. This is a, a, a supposed identity protection uh, scam uh, or company that that. That actually, if you said that and then you went and looked them up online, they may even go so far as to have a fake website up with a phone number that just calls back to the to the scammer. Yeah. Uh. So you know you have to you have to understand that when you're getting these calls, if you haven't ever heard of this company, you don't you don't do business with this company. Uh. Yeah. You just hang up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if it, if it's a problem with your bank, hang up and call your bank. Right. Call so the number call- on your statement. Not the number they give you. Not nah, the, the number, number they give you. Never, the, never call
2: the number they give you.
0: No, that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that is a fun one. Uh, I have our other clip this week, uh, and my clip comes from a movie called The Flim Flam Man. Mm-hmm. Ooh, uh, this good This is yeah. This is a 1967 film. This was directed by Irvin Kirshner. You guys recognize that name? Mm, is that? Was he related to Don Kirshner? I don't know, but he directed <laughs> a little movie you might have heard of called The Empire Strikes Back. Ah. What? <laughs> yes. Yes. So Amazing her, Kirshner, that I'm
1: not familiar with that, that name. I think I totally lost my nerd credentials for not knowing that answer.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he directed Empire Strikes Back. Um, now, so this obviously takes uh, was directed way before that. My understanding is that he was, um, was uh, a teacher of George Lucas at uh, US film school, and so Hmm. when it came time to do Empire and George didn't want to direct, he reached out to uh, Irvin Kirshner and asked him to do it, and he did, and the rest is history. So this movie, The Flim Flam Man, again, 1967, uh, and this is starring George C. Scott, uh, Michael Sarrazin, and in this clip um, also... Uh, Slim Pickens is in this clip as well. Whoa. All right. uh, Some Some old-timers here. Some real real characters. (laughs) And uh, George C. Scott plays uh, a gentleman named Mordecai C. Jones. He's a self-described MBS, CS, and DD, master of backstabbing, corkscrewing, and dirty dealing. And uh, he's a con man who makes his way going around the uh, southern U.S., and conning people out of their money. So he befriends this young man named Curly, who is played by Michael Sarazin, Uh, and this particular scene uh, has to do with them uh, basically doing uh, a scam that's uh, popularly known as a pigeon drop. So here is my clip from The Flim Flam Man. Man?
3: Look at that one. Out full of tobacco money and a belly full of beer.
0: So they're looking at a guy who just came out of a bank. And it's Slim Pickens is the guy they're going to go after. He's a guy wearing overalls and a straw hat. Looks like a, I guess a, a farmer. Certainly this is a small rural town. So Slim Pickens looks down an alleyway and he sees a wallet on the ground. It's got money sticking out of it. Yep.
3: Hold on, Mayor. I seen it first. I saw that. Maybe you did, but I got it. And possessions is nine-tenths of the law. Possession? My foot! I saw that wallet for you did, and it's rightfully mine. You listen to me, old timer. I got it, and I ain't gonna be giving it to you. You ain't gonna do anything else, boy. You, young smart aleck, you. Now, I'm warning you for the last time you hand that over to me, or... Pardon me, gentlemen. Forgive my intruding, but I saw the whole incident from right over there across the street. Oh, what's it got to do with you? Well, that remains to be seen, sir. But unless you are trying to attract the police, I suggest that the three of us can settle this little dispute uh, amicably like gentlemen. Wait a minute the three of us now just where do you come in well we all three saw the wallet young fella any one of us could holler for the law might collect a handsome reward too Uh, but i suggest that we get to some place a little less conspicuous before the uh, this
2: is the old changing the venue uh, Mm -hmm.
3: maybe you're talking some (laughs) sense, mister shall we Uh, you better I hold walk that. Walk down
0: the alley a little ways to get out of You're the with? street. <laughs>
2: right.
3: My friends, we have struck it. There's exactly $1,600 in cash here oh and a cow. check for another thousand. Ah, damn! <laughs> ah, damn! Hey, there's a name in there, ain't there? Mm, uh, Oaks, Mr. Titus Oaks. That's an awful lot of money. Maybe we ought to try and locate the owner and settle for a reward. Hellfire, boy. I ain't about to go hunting for no owner. Why, it's losers, weepers, finders, keepers where I come from. What are you suggesting, sir? A simple three-way split? Because if you are, I suggest we try cashing the check. I don't know. That's pretty dangerous, sir. I I wouldn't risk it. Too many people know me. I just sold my tobacco crop up at the auction there. Mm As the only one of us was a stranger in town, I might risk it. Thousand dollars. Hold on now. Maybe, uh maybe you ought to. All right. I'll try. Well, now see here. I think I ought to see a little something from you, too, if I'm gonna risk going into that bank. How much, mister? Five hundred? You holding that much, ain't you? Tell you what, you two put five hundred in here. I'll go to the bank. Uh, that'll make if I get the thousand thirty six hundred. That'll be twelve hundred dollars for each of us. Does that seem reasonable to you? Hell no. Sounds pretty fair to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Hey, this is pretty big money for back then. That... He's
0: counting out ones, big. flapping mm-hmm. around. Okay.
3: 100, two, three, 5. But we keep the wallet right here. Yeah, that's right. That way we don't run no risk of him skedaddling on us. Why? don't worry me none, Sonny. You two stick here. You can keep an eye on each other for me.
0: So the mark is counting out his $500. Handing it over. (laughs) So they distract him. Here. George Look C. Scott swaps start. the money out of the wallet, puts awesome. fake money back in the wallet while they're looking <laughs> the other I way. A
3: policeman. No, don't recognize nobody.
0: Now, who's they going give to hold the wallet the wall. to the mark.
3: I will. I mean, I'll hold it.
2: And he thinks he has 1600 bucks in the wallet, but there's
0: nothing. <laughs> yeah, and George C. Scott is walking away, walking out of the alley to go to cash the check. Is what he's saying he's going to do. So now... I don't know. He's been
3: gone over 30 minutes now. I think we ought to go look for him. That's a good idea. I think we better go look for him. Wait a minute. Maybe I ought to wait here... ...in case he comes back the other way. But it wouldn't hurt for you to go look for him. You know, I wouldn't trust one of them city slickers... ...any further than I could spit against a hurricane...
2: So Curly suggests they split up so he can uh, go looking for him.
0: Yeah. Curly walks off and then walks back to look down the alley, and he sees Slim Pickens is running away as fast as he can with what he thinks is the wallet full of money. but of course, has been taken for his $500. And that is the clip from the Flim Flam Man. What do you guys think of that? I, I love
1: the way that this works because, you know, presumably Slim Pickens thinks that Sarazen is a local. And so they could run into each other, you know, you know in another day.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: they've both been taken here. That's what Slim Pickens thinks is he's running away. Right. Mm-hmm. But he mm-hmm. takes all the money. Right. So right. Um, I, that, that's a really nice little
0: detail here. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, what do you make of this?
2: Uh, it's It's... What I love about this clip is the uh they're playing on Slim Pickens greed, right? Like they get him they get him inside and uh and Curly suggests uh and suggests we we find the guy that that ha- owns the wallet, right? Mm-hmm, we we mm-hmm. look for him and Slim Pickens like, "No, no, no, we keep it. Finders keepers. That's the way I I I live my life, you know." So it's it's like okay, so you know from a from a viewer's perspective, you're you're not watching Somebody who is an innocent person getting scammed. You're watching somebody who probably has it coming. So you get a little.
1: <laughs> that's oh, right. That makes you root for the nice. bad guys a little right. more. That's nice, Joe. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. and also that they're taking this scam to the next level in that they're they have the wallet full of cash, right? But then the check is another level. So right. hey, listen, we could split this cash, but there's a thousand dollar check in here. Is isn't it worth risking? that to see if we can even get even more money. And as, and as I think, Rick, you pointed out, this is a lot of money for the late 1960s, right? Right. Well, and the check is the exit plan, right? That's how George C. Scott
1: extricates himself from the situation. That's how he's out of the scene, right? Now it's just right. uh, the other two guys, right? So uh, yeah. yeah, that's a nice little touch too.
2: And the nice part is that uh, another, another excellent part of the scam is that uh, Slim Pickens removes himself from the scam and oh, yeah. Sarah, Mike, you know, Michael Saracen's <laughs> just standing there. He, he doesn't have to run away from him because Slim Pickens runs, does the running.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And thinks that he's taken right. the scammers, but <laughs> <Yep. laughs> he's actually the one who's lost his money. That seems yeah. to be our
1: running theme in the clips we've shown so far in these segments is the the con guys try to make sure that they their marks don't think they were conned, all right? as they walk away. So there's no danger of getting caught later, which I really like.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder how long it would take for Slim Pickens to to figure it out. You know, when he because when he goes through that wallet, he's going to see that the money's been swapped out. That it's they're fake bills in there now, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so as soon as he finds a place to, you know, when he stops running and finds a place to. Uh, open up that wallet and and look at look over the money that he thinks he's stolen. Then the jig is up. But by that time, the scammers, of course, are long they're, gone. They're out. Of, they're long gone. They're out well, of that, town.
1: That's what I want to hear. What's the next scene? Where, is that George C. Scott and Michael Saracen running to a car in their rusty old truck and and running out of town? Is that what they're doing? Because that's not what looks like happens at the end. They're just kind of. Contemplating how, you know, fantastic they were.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, this movie tracks sort of their exploits as they go from place to place. And it doesn't always go smoothly for them. <laughs> there is a town that uh, kind of gets um, uh, wrecked as they try to make an escape in in their truck. Uh, so there's some of that as well. But... Um, You know, for my money, you look at an old movie like this, and one of the things that strikes me is, boy, movies used to be paced a lot slower than they are today, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like, that's one thing. But then, I mean, you got an actor like George C. Scott, and you got Slim Pickens in there. Yeah. They could just watch these guys do anything. It's just delightful to see them at their their craft. You know, I don't
2: recognize Slim Pickens until I hear his voice. Mm. Oh really? Um, <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, growing up, uh, "Blazing Saddles" was uh, you know a movie I watched, sure. a, and he has some great lines in that movie. Um, yeah, you know yeah, when, like, when, <laughs> when I just gotta go back is, and get a mess of dimes when. <laughs>
1: When I hear Slim Pickens, I only see him riding the nuclear bomb down from— Right, uh, yeah.
2: Dr. Strangelove, yeah. 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 (laughs) That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But he is one of those folks, you hear his voice, you know exactly who he is, and he's perfect in this movie. It's true, yeah. All right. Well, those are our clips. We will have links to those in the show notes. If you would like to uh, check them out for yourself, we encourage you to do so. We would love to hear from you if there are some clips from movies that you would like us to check out here on our Hacking Humans Goes to the Movies Special Editions. You can send them to us at hackinghumans at thecyberwire.com. We want to thank the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute for their participation. You can learn more at isi.jhu.edu. The Hacking Humans podcast is proudly produced in Maryland at the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our senior producer is Jennifer Ivan. Our executive editor is Peter Kilby. I'm Dave Bittner. I'm Joe Kerrigan. And I'm Rick Howard. Thanks for listening.